0: Remember in the old days when you would be, or at least for me, uh, listening to the radio in the car, and you'd, you'd hear the song that you kind of like, but you're not sure if there's a better song on the other three radio stations that you have programmed into your car. So you'd be switching back and forth and you'd kind of like a song and then you switch that type of thing, but you never really got to enjoy any one song because you're always looking for something better, afraid that you're gonna miss out on something more. Well we still have that in our lives. It's called consumerism. And it's made life hollow and artificial and even disposable where we can't even enjoy our now, like live in the now because we're always looking for something better. And this whole thing really affects every part of our lives. We want new and, and better and, and more and we're never satisfied. We need something else. Something that we can't consume but something we can be. See, there is one thing that can offer what we need, the church. I know, that sounds crazy, right? The church will give me what I need. You don't believe me? Great, let's talk about it together. In the last two episodes, we said that the way to find true life, the way to escape consumerism, is to seek the kingdom of God, to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. And in episode one, we said said that the kingdom of God is only realized, only lived out in a community. But where is this community? Is it the church? Like we pretend it is, right? We say the church is the community, that is the kingdom of God, but is it really? Because honestly, you look around, it doesn't seem like it. In fact, for the last century, we have made church into another product to individually consume. Think about it. If you're a church person, or you were a church person, or your family is church people, often the church we go to isn't based on belonging to a community, but it's, it's based on our personal preferences of the quality of the religious products being offered there. We become consumers critiquing the product, right? Like how was the sermon and you talk about it afterward or how was the music? Do I like that style? How was the kids program? How far was it to drive? And, and what were the facilities like? What did it even smell like there? See church has been made into something that is disposable, temporary, upgradable, and even individualistic. That might be why you left church. That might be why you want to leave but you haven't been able to yet and maybe that's why you're just not that interested in being a part of a a church the truth is you're not alone in fact most church services are at about 30 to 40 percent of the attendance that they were before the pandemic and some people yeah they haven't come back because they're hurt and they're angry and they disagree with choices made by the church leadership but for most people they simply realized that the product being offered by that church was not worth the time or the effort. See, they're not against Jesus or even Christianity. They're just indifferent to the product the church is offering. Many people have realized that the product the church is offering isn't delivering on its promises. So which you might ask cause you're a very smart person, John, if, if that's true, then why are you a pastor? Like, if you really believe these things you're saying, why are you a pastor? Why are you still part of this whole thing? Why, do you, why are you devoting your life to, to leading a church? And that's a great question. And I'll answer it in a little bit. But first, I want you to know, I don't, if you're in that group of kind of feeling indifferent towards church, I don't blame you at all. And neither does God. In fact, he has some thoughts on uh, the, the idea of individualistic consumerism in religion. So I wanna look at what he said. And when we, when we look at this passage that we're gonna read, it's in what we call the book of Amos, we're gonna find the truth that really started the earth-changing movement that we call the church. See, the church isn't a product to individually consume, but a purposeful community to join. So according to the Jewish scriptures, God created the nation, the the people of Israel, in order that they would bless the whole world, that they would bring good for the whole world, that they would show God's love to the whole world. They'd be God's representatives to, to show that God existed, that He loved the world, that God has ultimate power and He ultimately cares about everyone, and that they would be the people to usher in His ultimate plan to save humanity and bring His kingdom to earth. And throughout their history, there are some ups and downs as each generation either embraced their role as God's representatives or ignored it. And around 760 BC, many of the Israelites had become comfortable. They become wealthy. In fact, as even now, the trade routes went through, the, the, went through Israel. And so commerce thrived and an upper class emerged. They built expensive homes. The rich enjoyed an easy and indulgent life while the poor were exploited and overlooked. And the people, they still observed their traditional religious festivals and sacrifices, but their hearts, their motivation had changed. See, instead of seeing themselves as God's way, God's method, God's tool to bless the earth, they started seeing everything and even their role as God's representatives as a product for them to consume for themselves. And so God through a prophet named Amos shed light on where they went wrong. And in this account that we're going to read, I think there's something really important and really interesting for, for the moment we find ourselves in right now. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Whew. <laughs> I hate your show and your pretense. That's harsh. That's heavy. I mean, think about it. In these people's minds, they're the chosen people, and they're doing what they were told to do. They're singing to God. They're singing for God. They're making music. They're worshiping God, and they're, like, really feeling His presence in that music, you know? And they're, they're doing good things. They're, they're sacrificing to God. But in reality, they're just fooling themselves. See, God says, I, I hate your show, I hate your pretenses, your festivals, your offerings, your noisy hymns, your harps. See, the emphasis really is on your because who are all those things actually for? They were doing it for themselves. They said it was for God, right? We're we're going through these motions for you, God, but really it was for them because it, it made them feel good. They're still keeping their religion, keeping God happy, right? Now there's nothing wrong with religious expressions. There's nothing wrong with worshipful expression. The problem comes when we do it for ourselves and we're pre but we're pretending it's all for God. That that doing it somehow makes us holy and and on God's good side somehow. The reality is God doesn't need our worship. He's God. He's fine. But he knows we can only find true life. We can only find really true happiness when our lives are devoted to him and his kingdom and, the, and when we're following him. See, religious expression often becomes a way to indulge our self instead of deny self. And so these people had, had made a, a sham, a show of the original intent of, of what they were doing. See, Israel wasn't created to to observe festivals. Israel wasn't created to create music for God or even to offer sacrifices. Those things were designed to be a picture, to be the expression of their real purpose, a pointing to God's love for humanity, a preparing the world to experience and accept what was coming, that that God himself was going to come to earth and usher in his kingdom, where he would live in, guide, and begin restoring his people to himself. God didn't hate that they had festivals and and sacrifices. He had told them to do it through Moses. He hated them, the festivals and the music and all that, because the people hadn't transformed their hearts. They weren't actually living as God's chosen community. See, check it out. He said, instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. See, if religious observance isn't accompanied by a community committed to justice and love, it's all an empty sham. To which we say, yeah, like, seriously, those crazy Israelites, like, what what the heck is wrong with them? What are they doing? Well, let me read you how this passage in Amos might have been written today. Here's how Eugene Peterson, in his translation, the, The Message, said it. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take with your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want see there's nothing wrong with church services but what is our heart behind them like let's be honest who's it for what is our our motivation is it to consume more religious products and religious experiences for ourselves so that we can it can get me through the week and and fill me up or or feed me or we get together to be equipped to bring the kingdom of God to earth now, to bring justice and righteousness now, to show the world the love of God, or simply experience a religious show. See, remember, the church wasn't created to be a product, to be individually consumed, but to be a purposeful community to join. It's not a product to buy, but a new life in a new family now and forever together. See, the church actually has a purpose. Let me show you. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, His church, to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son That we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ." So that's our purpose, to tell the world of God's love, to build each other up, to be a community that brings others in who can then be built up. But instead of fulfilling our purpose, as Dallas Willard said, we have generated a body of people who consume Christian services and think that this is Christian faith. We have trained Christians to be demanding consumers, not disciples. And so you asked me earlier, why am I still leading a church in the 21st century? If This is kind of how things have, have gone, and this is how I, I feel about the state of the church in the, America in the 21st century. Why? Because I truly believe Jesus won't leave his church in this consumeristic stupor. He loves the people of this world. He loves the people of this city too much to let us stay on the path of individualistic consumeristic religion. See what the world needs is exactly what the church was created to be, a community united by Jesus on mission to bring his acceptance, unity and love to our neighbors. The world doesn't need another product to consume. We need a community that invites us to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. Like think about it, what are we all actually longing for? What do we all actually need? More entertainment? We already have way more than we need. More self-help lectures? Go on go find another channel on YouTube. There's plenty. Are we looking for a spiritual high that you know lasts long enough until you know the kids start fighting in the car and we get in the parking lot? Or are we longing for, are we looking for a community that exemplifies the love, peace, and unity offered by Jesus? A community that that encourages, accepts, and supports us. That teaches and proves we are loved, not because of what we produce and consume, but because God himself died and rose again for us. That, That reminds us and tells us and proves to us that we have eternal worth because the eternal God chose to love us we're all trying to get through life. We're all trying to like get through school each school day. We're all trying to raise and support our family. We're all trying to figure out when we can retire or, or just being able to see and enjoy our grandkids. But as we do that, we can have a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose that infuses everything we do because Jesus is real. His kingdom is real and we are invited to a real life of purpose and love through Jesus. Great, so how are we gonna do this together? What are you actually invited to? That's a great question. We're gonna answer that in the next episode. But before we get there, I wanna prep us, I wanna prepare us, so I have a little bit of homework. This week, let's together read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It'll show us what our mission is, what our role is as the Church of Jesus. And then I wanna give you permission to dream. Just to dream, big picture ideas. What would it look like, you ask this, what would it look like for me, you, to purposely join this type of community? What would that look like? Like what role, what special work might you be able to contribute how would your life change? You don't have to make any decisions right now, but how would, your, how would life change for, for you and your family and your circle of friends and even acquaintances? Dream. What would life be like? See, together, we can be something different. Together, we can offer the world something different. It's different than what we've known, but in reality, it's what was, it's what was always intended for us. Jesus didn't die and rise again so we can individually consume as much or as little as we want of our preferred religious products. Jesus gave himself so we can have eternal, true life together with him now and forever. And this life is not found, is not experienced in a product we consume, but in a community we are invited to join. The life Jesus offers is only realized and lived out within a community. Thanks for watching on YouTube and listening on the podcast. I just have a couple of things to tell you about uh, before we sign off here. Happy spring break, everyone. We won't be having Youth Connect this coming Sunday, but we do have a gathering coming up on March 27th. So keep your eye out for that. It'll be at 4.30 at 525 Idlewood, as usual, and there'll be dinner provided. We also have a couple more gatherings in April scheduled, plus our Easter Eve service, so don't miss those things. In the show notes, there's a link uh, for an easy way to give to our March and April for Salem Opportunity, which is for Judson. Uh, They need items for their clothing closet, body wash, shampoo, conditioner, shorts, hoodies, things of that nature. They're all on the Amazon wish list, or you can go shopping on your own, but we've made it super simple for you. So check that out in the show notes. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing, and we'll see you soon.